baby, oh baby, oh baby, here we go again. <laughs> yo, 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 hello everyone, welcome to the show again. It is I, your friend, DJ and selector, and also MC, and also man of many other talents, Mortimer Main. Please call me Morty. <laughs> Everyone's feeling good today. Uh, we watched a pretty cool movie this morning here at the lounge while we were setting up, taking the chairs off the tables, vacuuming the carpet, things like that. Feeding the fish in the aquarium. We had in the background playing Quantum of Solace, James Bond, 2008. Daniel Craig's second uh, attempt at James Bond. Sorry, Daniel Craig's second nailing of James Bond. And I'm going to give that a recommend. So moving on. Fan mail. <laughs> Fan email. Got an email today from Vixen. Vixen. No given address, location. So I don't know. I don't know Wagwan with Vixen except for what Vixen says here. Mortimer, you don't know shit. Debbie Harry wasn't born in New Jersey. She was born in Miami, Florida. She grew up in New Jersey. And the film isn't called fucking Spinal Tap, okay? It's fucking This Is Spinal Tap. Christ, man, do your research next time, you asshole. <laughs> Signed, Vixen. And then Vixen says, P.S. My favorite episode was the Beastie Boys episode. <laughs> that, yeah, I like that episode too a lot, Vixen. Vixen, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I, uh, I have to do a better job with my fact checking because information provenance is important, right? If I'm not telling you the truth, I'm not doing you any favors. In fact, I'm doing you a disservice. So I will strive to bring the best, most accurate information to the people that I can from now on. Vixen, I promise you that and I promise everybody else. So thank you, Vixen. Thank you for pointing those things out. I love your name, by the way. I wish you would have said where you were from, but I'm glad you liked that Beastie Boys episode and I hope you keep listening. Okay, so today, David Bowie Part 3, baby. David Bowie Part 3. We are talking about Let's Dance, a great one, a classic album in my opinion. Let's Dance is David Bowie's 15th studio album. Can you believe that? This record came out in 1983 and it was his 15th record. So I looked at the numbers. He was basically coming out with an album a year for 16 years in a row. 1967 to 1984 absolute madness okay and then the only reason well one of the reasons that that seemed to drop off just by from the numbers that I looked at was because he started acting you know so he had less time for making his music classic all these rappers want to be actors you know but can you blame this guy 15th album just just blew my mind you know what <laughs> this is excellent because we're going to be talking about a, a, a couple of like this, I think so. This episode today, I've discovered some things that uh, really blew my mind. I really learned some new stuff today. Number one being these 15, 16 albums in a row. Just crazy. Recorded, this record was recorded in 1982 in New York City. This is my fec- second biggest uh, discovery. 
playing lead guitar on the record was then unknown Texas blues guitarist, legend, Stevie Ray Vaughan, RIP Stevie. Man, my stepdad used to uh, be a big fan of Stevie. Stevie Ray Vaughan and the Texas Flood, Double Trouble. Good stuff, man, good stuff. That guy makes the guitar sing, makes it cry. So what, Stevie? <laughs> okay, sorry, let me backtrack right here. Today we're gonna be listening to my favorite David Bowie song of all time. I'm not gonna tell you which one it is yet, but picture this. I know that we're gonna listen to my favorite song, but just, which has been my favorite David Bowie song for at least 15 years. But just today, I learned that the guitar that I'm hearing on that song is played by this other legend in his own right, this uh, guitar player that I highly respect, and it was him the whole time. And so I did a little bit more research, and then Stevie was about to drop his uh, first album, which we really brought him and uh, his band to prominence. And then the phone rings and it's David Bowie because David saw him uh, perform at some show somewhere and he's like, hey, come play guitar on my album. And Stevie, of course, is just like, you're David Bowie, you've released 16 albums, you know, in a row. Of course, I'm going to play for you. You're one of the biggest artists in the world. Okay, so that's what happened. What, what a most amazing <laughs> discovery for me. Please believe me. <laughs> this album marked a new label for David Bowie. He went from RCA to EMI. He wasn't happy with RCA uh, when this record came out. He got a new producer in Niall Rogers. And if that sound, name sounds familiar to you, it should, because he was pretty famous himself. Niall Rogers produced uh, the song Upside Down by Diana Ross. Upside down, boy, you turn me inside out. You know that one? Amazing song, so he produced that. What is a producer in music? A producer over all aspects of the creation of a song or album. So that can include, they have the choice of songs to be put on the album, the choice of musicians to play the songs, the choice of the musical arrangements, how the different instruments are actually laid out over top of each other within the track, how the instruments are played, you know, how they're tuned, what instruments are played, and even which notes to use in a song that they might not have written. So basically just total control after the artist, you know, has submitted and been like, okay, here's a song I wrote and I'm going to perform it. David Boy hired Nile Rodgers specifically because he knew that Nile Rodgers was going to make a, a hype album that would explode on the commercial charts, which is exactly what happened. This album was massive. It went number one on the weekly charts in Australia, Canada, Netherlands, France, New Zealand, Sweden, UK, and Norway. It released four singles, which all were massive. The third single is the one we're going to hear today, which is, like I said, my favorite David Bowie song, Modern Love. And I'm super excited to listen to it. Apparently, I also learned today that this song was inspired in part by Little Richard, who we've already talked about, so wow. And it would have went, this single would have went number one in the UK, but that spot was held in 1983 by Culture Club's Karma Chameleon. Great track. Big ups to my friend Lloyd in Nottingham. He knows what I'm talking about with that song. 
And in fact, this album was nominated for uh, Album of the Year, but lost to Michael Jackson's Thriller, which I think is the greatest selling album of all time ever in history. So, wow, lots of big things going on here. Um, I'm going to come back and talk about David Boy a little bit more. But first, let's listen to the song. But first, just so you know that I'm for real when I say this has been my David, favorite David Bowie song forever. When I was a university student at the University of Manitoba in the city of Winnipeg, there was a couple clubs that would have 80s uh, dance nights on Thursdays. And so this was one of the funnest things you could do in the city um, because like it was all young people, it was all the hip crowd, lots of girls there, okay? People like to go listen to the 80s music, get drunk and dance it up. It, it was a super fun time. The funny thing is that, like I said, the two clubs, you know, uh, had the best DJs. When one club would become too popular, like it came in waves. And when I mean too popular, Basically, people who weren't about 80s music or about coming to dance started to show up, you know, and then all of a sudden, like, it was, like, fights and, like, less people on the dance floor. We're talking about jocks, whatever, frat boys coming. Everybody would move to the other club. So it was between the Pyramid Cabaret and the Chaos Chameleon in Winnipeg. So when one got lame, we all went to the other one. And then we party there for, like, six months. And then... The other, uh, you know, hangers on would get word and they would come to this one and then that party would become whack. And then we moved back to the other club. And this went on for like three years, I think. Does anybody remember this too? Like, does anybody remember uh, what I'm talking about? Anyways, that's not important. What is important was one night at one of the clubs, they were handing out like tickets, whatever, and it said, name your top three favorite 80s songs because uh, we're gonna play some stuff, we're taking requests. And I said, my first one was David Bowie, Modern Love, just because I love this song. And uh, I'm gonna shut up and like, let's listen to it because this is, this is music to my ears, baby. <laughs> let's party.
Okay, there it was, man. Still gives me, uh, still gives me that urge to get up and dance. So this was the first album that Bowie played no instruments on after 15 in a row, strictly vocals and songwriting, which is pretty crazy. Like I said, it had four singles. Um, the other ones were Cat People, Let's Dance, and China Girl. All, all were big hits unto themselves. China Girl. Iggy Pop gets a, a writing credit on that one. I think I think he, Iggy even wrote it. He might have wrote the lion share of it, and David was kind of just there chilling. So also interesting. After the massive commercial success of the album, which David wanted, which is why he hired hired Nile Rodgers to be the producer. He went through a period of like low creativity, and he talked about this, and he said. All of a sudden, his music was super popular with the crowd that only listened to Phil Collins over and over again. And I was like, what? What's wrong with Phil? You know, like, he's the man. He's a great guy. And David had said, nothing wrong with Phil. He's a good guy. But you just wouldn't find his stuff on my turntable over and over again. And David said things to himself like, how many of the people who bought Let's Dance and are listening to my stuff have any Velvet Underground in their collection? Because that was the, I guess, the bar for what David thought, you know, like you had to have in your collection. Otherwise, you knew nothing about music. Okay. So, uh, yeah. And then I thought about, you know, American Psycho when the American Psycho is so obsessed with Phil Collins and Huey Lewis in the news and these kind of like whatever, just like pop rock bands. But, you know, hey man, if you're a fan, uh, go ahead with it. But I was kind of just like, well, David, this is what you wanted. <laughs> you know, so whatever. Anyways, rock stars, man. So, like I said, massive commercial success. Number one in lots of different countries. And I thought to myself, when the whole world is into your stuff, talk about music being able to transcend culture. Isn't that amazing? Have you, I'm assuming you're an English language speaker because I'm doing this, uh, this show in English. Have you ever bought a foreign language album? I, I, I mean, I have, but not, not as it was currently on the charts. Not when I couldn't understand the lyrics at all. Because with, with the amount of sales that this rec- record had, you know that there's some people across the world who could not speak English, had no idea what the lyrics were saying, but still dug the music. My friend, I have a friend in Japan named Keita. This guy learned English to a conversational level. So him and I were able to communicate only by listening to Beatles records over and over again when he was younger. So, wow. You know, just gives you an idea of of the power of music and what it could actually do and why we should be listening to it because you have the... You have the instrumental side of things, you know, which (laughs) release pleasure hormones in the body when heard. Brain scans have shown this. And you have the poetry side, the message side with the lyrics too. So there's lots of information packed into something so simple as a little song. And I think we should remember that. (laughs) Okay, well, today has been amazing. It's been fun. 
and we got a whole much, we got a whole lot more day happening, day and night ahead of us, so there's going to be a lot more good things going on. So, with that, my friends, I will bid you adieu for another 24 hours, but don't fret, because I will see you tomorrow. Peace! Thank you.